good to us. Amen. I feel the Lord in this place this morning. Amen. I'm so thankful for the presence of God. I was walking and praying on the track last night and I just began to think of all the things that God has done for me. I began to, I ran and I walked and I just, for some reason, I began to think back and where there's a time where I almost took my own life. And it really wasn't that I, uh, was so depressed uh, that I just didn't want to. Well, I'll just put it this way: I just didn't care, and I didn't, I didn't care about living the rest of my life. I didn't care about anything. And I thought last night there was always that voice, especially this one time. There was that voice that said, "Don't do it." It wasn't even out of fear. It was just a voice that said, "Don't do it." I'm just so thankful. I began to weep and praise God last night. I'm so thankful that He sought me out from the darkness. I'm so glad that He plucked me from the darkness and brought me to a place and saved me. Amen. I will ask you to stand and honor the reading of the Word of God. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 13 says, When I shut up heaven... And there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Father, we come before You, Lord, thankful for Your presence. Thank You for Your power. Thank You for Your mercy, Your grace, and Your goodness. Lord, this morning, like we just want to stop and praise You. Thank You for who You are. Thank You we can come before the throne room. Thank You for the blood of Your Son, Jesus. Thank You for the victory that's been won. This morning, God, we need You, Lord. Give us of Yourself, Lord. Help me to uh, abide in You, Lord. Help me see striving, rest in You, and get out of Your way, God. I pray that I'd preach in the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Nothing more and nothing less. Your will and Your way be done. Father, we'll give You all the glory and all the praise. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. When I shut up the heaven, and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among My people, if My people, who are called by My name, will humble themselves and pray and seek My face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. It seems like the heavens have been shut. It seems like the rain hasn't come in a long time. Look at the locusts devouring our land. Look at the pestilence. Look at the sin destroying our homes, destroying this nation, destroying our people, destroying our families. Benson, are you saying that God's not the same? That we still can't stand on His promises? On the contrary. The pastor Branson, what are you saying? I'm saying this. In verse 1, Solomon had finished praying. Fire came down, consumed the offering, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. The glory of the Lord filled the house so much that there wasn't room for anything else. The priest couldn't even stand there because the glory of the Lord had filled the temple. And God speaks to Solomon a second time by night. And God says to Solomon, when I have shut up the heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send send pestilence among my people. You know what this really implies to me? 
Because we have not humbled ourselves. Because we have not prayed. Because we have not sought His face. Because we have not turned from our wicked ways. The heavens have been shut up. And the locusts and the sin and the pestilence has come. Notice I said we this morning. We. You know, the Bible says there's only one Spirit, one Lord, one faith. It doesn't really matter how you and I see it, what our opinion is. The Word of God says there's one church, one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith. There's only one church. There's one body of Christ. It is to those who are born again. And this promise was to the church. This promise was God's people. If my people, who are called by my name, this morning, right here and right now, we, the finger pointing must end. We must stop right here on November 3rd and 2013 and look at the promise of God. It says it's my people who are called by my name. We. You know, often today you hear the excuses. Everything's wrong because of the people in Washington. Everything's wrong because of this party and that party. Because of this group. Because of that group. Friends, our demise lays at the foot of the church. If my people who are called by my name, we're His people. We can still stand on His Word. We can still stand on His promises this morning. The promises He'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive. He'll heal our land. Are His promises the same? Is He not the same God? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can still take hold of His promises. We can still take hold of His Word. Here and now. It starts here and now with you and with me. If my people who are called by my name, there's an attitude that's gone out through the church. It's penetrated the church. An attitude that, well, we'll just sit on our hands. It's almost done now. You know, we ought to have a sense of urgency. There's a feeling in the overall church that God is coming soon and very soon. And we ought to have that sense of urgency. We ought to have that heart. We may not have service tonight. We may not have a service this week. God could come back any minute. He could split that eastern sky. We ought to have a sense of urgency. But church, don't you insult God and say we can't see revival in this nation. There's not an ounce of Scripture that says that we can't see revival. There's not an ounce of Scripture that says that we still can't see God. That we still can't see Him move. His promises are still the same. It was the same 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, and His promises are the same for you and I today. And we can still take hold of them. Imagine if the church the last 1,000 years, 2,000 years, imagine if they had the same attitude. They believed He was coming soon and very soon, and rightly they should have. We also live with that sense of urgency. But can you, ima- can you imagine if the, the great men like Elijah would have just sat on their hands and waited? Can you imagine the, the great men that have gone before Charles Finney, Charles Spurgeon, Billy Graham? Can you imagine if they had the same attitude that the attitude that, that the, at the heart of the church has now? This year, uh, I took my wife and my family. We went to the state fair. And at all the... There's a lot of church booths there. And each and every one of them, I told them, bless you. Thank you for what you're doing. Keep ministering. It'll all be worth it. If you reach one soul, keep doing what you're doing. Don't be discouraged. And I saw a man there. I said, bless you, brother. Thank you for what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. 
I said, I believe I could, we could see revival in America. I believe we can see God move. I believe He's still a healer. I believe He's still in the life-changing business. He said, he looked at me and said, I don't know. I think we're just about there. We're about to go home, so I don't know about that. I looked at him and I said, sir, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, friend, the promises of God are for you and I today. We can still stand on His word. Don't insult God and say we can't see revival. You know what the enemy wants to do is say we're just one. We're just a little church house in Derby, Kansas. You're just one person, friend. It just takes a small match to start a forest fire. Oh, God can do so much with one. It's too late to tell me. Time would fail me to tell a Gideon and Barak and Samson. Time would fail me if I went on to Elijah and Daniel and all the men before us. Aren't you glad that they didn't say, God, I'm not enough? Friend, we must get our eyes off of ourselves, look onto Jesus and say, Lord, You're enough. You're bigger than this. You're more powerful. You're still the same yesterday and today and forever. And we can still stand on His promises. Friend, we, you and I have a part in this. We do. There is a part. The victory has been won. Look, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus Christ has arose from the dead. The victory has been won. The spirit of promise has been given. But we must trust and obey and take hold of the promise. If you write me a check, i got to take it to the bank. Friends, we've got to take the promises straight to heaven and cash it in. His promises are still good. And you and I have a part. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, we must humble ourselves, church. Humble ourselves, not God doing it for us. You must humble yourself. Lay aside our rights and our pride. Take up your cross each and every day and follow after Him. I heard Glenn Ledbetter say, I told him I was going to steal this from him right at my desk. He said, that's okay, brother. Take up your cross daily. When you take up that cross each and every day, you put it on. Glenn said this. He said, Branson, it gives you a spiritual eye. You see, Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve Humbled himself to the point of death, even the death of a cross. We as a church are called to humble ourselves. We're called to take up our cross daily, each and every day. When you put that cross on your back, you begin to see the spiritual eye. You begin to, to see through the eyes and the mind of Christ. You begin to have that burden for the lost and dying of this world. Can you see? Have you seen the pestilence? Have you seen the, the locusts? Have you seen the sin devouring our land? People are hurt. They're broken and they're lost and they're in need of a Savior. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. We are the church, the body of Christ. I'm telling you, they're looking for an answer. And His name is Jesus Christ. If we'd humble ourselves and get out of our way, get out of His way, He'd present Himself. He'd present Himself to this world through you and I. We must humble ourselves. Lay aside our rights and our pride. Church, we must learn to love our enemies. Jesus washed the feet of those that betrayed Him. He washed the feet of the man who was going to come against Him, who betrayed Him. Church of the living God, I'm telling you, humble yourselves. Forgive. Let it go. Your own bitterness, your own hatred is destroying you. It's not destroying that person. Let it go. You remember the, 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 the parable of the servant? He had been forgiven so much and he held, he held the servant that owed him so much. You know what put him in the torture chamber? 
It was not it was not the man's dad. It was his own forgiveness put himself in the own torture chamber. Some of you are in the torture chamber this morning. Your whole life you have been. And I tell you this morning, God is bigger. His grace is greater. And you owe Him so much more than anybody owes you. Love and forgive. Let it go. Be willing to humble yourselves. I said there's only one church, one spirit, one Lord, one faith. In John chapter 17, Jesus prays on behalf of all of us. Jesus prays. I'm going to sum up His prayer. It basically says this. The world will know John 3.16 is true when they see our unity. They'll know that the Father sent the Son because He loved us. He prayed, Oh Lord, I pray that they would be a one as You and I are one, as Jesus and the Father are one. That was His prayer for us. I'm telling you, we see the church of the living God more divided today than it's ever been. We're divided. We see carnality and backbiting. You know, I heard Pastor Bear say this last year, 95% of what we agree on is the same thing. And yet we still find a way to divide ourselves. And I'm not talking about, hey, listen, there's one Spirit, one Lord, one faith. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. I'm talking about those who believe in Jesus Christ alone, that He is the only way to heaven, that He's the only way to salvation. Somehow, we have become divided amongst ourselves. I'm telling you, He said that He prayed. The world will know. They're going to know that God, they're going to know the Father sent the Son. They're going to know Jesus loved them when they see our unity. They don't see, I'm telling you, I'm talking about the overall church. You and I, I'm talking about us taking hold of the promises, doing our part this morning. We must lay aside our rights and our pride and come together and not cut up a brother or sister because they do something different. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Friend, just let him do his job. He don't need our help. Oh, the church down the street, they pass the plate to the left. Well, we go to the right. Well, they stand up. Well, we sit down. Well, we like to shout. Well, we like to whisper. Friend, let the body of Christ not be divided. We must humble ourselves. God prayed. He wanted our unity. We must humble ourselves. Take hold of this promise. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face. Church, I'm telling you, the comforts of this life are stealing from us the treasures of the next. A lack of prayer says, God, I don't need you. Lack of prayer says, God, I won't worship you today. I I don't need you today. Jesus said, abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Church, we're so busy. And hey, the Lord knows we're so busy. Many... uh, Many in the home today, both parents work. We're so busy. There's so much going on. We're a busy people. We're as busy as we've ever been. Friends, let us not be too busy to pray. I want to say this this morning. If you're too busy to pray, then you're too busy. I heard it said, uh, I've said this before, I heard it said that we must pray. We must learn to press to pursue, to come into the presence of God. You know, just praying will change things in your life. Power of prayer changes. It'll change you. You'd be surprised. I'm telling you, when you enter into His gates of thanksgiving, into His courts with praise, when we begin to pray, prayer changes things. I heard it said, we are so busy, but we must pray. We're so busy that something else is going to have to be sacrificed. And that something else is very, very important. But it's not as important as prayer. We must pray 
and seek the face of God. I want you to listen. I'm going to read a part of Daniel's prayer. I'm not going to read the whole thing. A very popular prayer. I want you to listen to what Daniel had to say in praying and seeking the face of God. Daniel chapter 9, verse 3 says, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps His covenant and mercy with those who love Him, with those who keep His commandments. Listen to this. Now this is the great Daniel who went to the lion's den. This is the great Daniel of faith. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from Your precepts and Your judgments. Verse 17, Now therefore, our God, hear the prayer of Your servant and His supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause Your face to shine on Your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Did you hear Daniel's heart? He was willing to humble himself, to pray and seek the face of God, to repent of wickedness. Notice Daniel did not say, listen Lord, I've been faithful, but it's these people over here. Notice he didn't say, listen Lord, those people are being unfaithful. He said, we have committed iniquity. We have turned our backs on You. We have not prayed. I come before You, Lord, not because of my goodness, but because of Your tender mercies. Lord, hear, forgive, heal, act. I'm your people called by your name. Daniel humbled himself, prayed and sought the face of God. Let us look to the saints. Let us look to the men that have gone before us. Paul says, imitate me. Let us imitate the great men of God that have gone before us and take hold of His Word and take hold of His promises. We must humble ourselves, pray and seek my face. And Hosea... 10.12, very familiar passage, says this, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Friend, you reap what you sow. I have good news this morning. You can still sow in tears and reap in joy. You, you still reap what you sow. I'm telling you, I'm afraid that we're reaping what we have not sown. Prayer is powerful. And you need to know this. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. You need to know this. The price has been paid. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now we can boldly enter into the throne room of grace, the throne room of mercy. We can boldly come before God because of Jesus Christ, our Savior, has gone before us and paid the way. Church of the living God, how much should that cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The price has been paid. You can enter into the throne room. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground is ground that's been tilled, but it's become hard. It needs to be tilled again. Church, we must break up our fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. God, give us Yourself. Seek Him until He rains righteousness. God, open up the heavens again. God, let it rain again. God, let the fire consume Your house again. We're going to seek You until we find You. The Bible says, seek and you will find. 
knock and the door will be opened. I'm convinced if we sought Him, we would find Him. I'm convinced if we sought Him, the unbelief that has been instilled into the church, He would slowly burn and melt away. Last night I was praying and I have a chimney and I went to make a fire. I work at a flooring store and so when there's old engineered wood, Dave says, go throw that in the trash. And I say, okay. So I go put it in the trunk of my car. I take it home and cut it up. Use this firewood, amen? That engineered wood burns good, but it's hard to get it going. Last night I got that fire really going. And it, it took me a while. And you know, the, all the leaves and everything was kind of wet. And it was dark and I was having trouble finding stuff. And I thought, Brancy, you need to keep throwing in more dead stuff into the flames. And I just remember seeing the fire. And I thought, God, burn inside of me. God, you must increase. I must decrease. God, burn inside of me. And I remember thinking, you know, how do you need to keep it burning big? You need to keep putting in stuff that's just dead and dry. You know, we don't always... uh, We've got all of God. He's given us everything. But He doesn't always have all of us. I begin to think, man, if I just give myself, keep dying unto self, put in that dead stuff, it'll light that flame up. It'll ignite that fire. I'll put that dead self and His flames will burn. His flames will consume. God, consume me. We must seek His face. I'm convinced if we seek Him. I'm telling you, in the church house, unbelief has been instilled all over this nation in the church of the living God. I'm convinced if we saw Him, we would find Him. I'm convinced in our seeking, we would begin to believe, I am who He says that I am. I have the victory that He says that I have. He is who He says that He is. Leonard Ravenhill wrote this, One of these days, some simple soul will pick up the book of God, read it, and believe it. Then the rest of us will be embarrassed. John chapter 20. God, open our eyes to Your Word right now, Father God. Rid us of our unbelief, God. Help us. We believe, but help us with our unbelief. And John chapter 20, verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent Me, I also send you. As the Father has sent Me, I also send you. Luke chapter 4, and verse 18. Remember, as the Father has sent me, so I have sent you. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. As the Lord has sent me, Jesus said, so I have sent you. John chapter 14. Doing my best not to preach and just let the Word of God speak for itself right now. John chapter 14, verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in Me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of My own authority. But the Father who dwells in Me does the works. Believe Me that I am in the Father and the Father in Me, or else believe Me for the sake of the works themselves. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. common statement made amongst the church today is I I just want to see souls saved. I don't really care about that other stuff. Can I tell you this morning, church, evangelism, the most greatest and most powerful evangelism in all of Scripture is when we see the power of God. You remember the woman at the well? Jesus told her all things about herself. She went and told the town. Brought them all back. Revival breaks out. Paul and Silas were sinking in the prison at the midnight hour. And the Bible says the prisoners were listening to them. That's my favorite part. They were singing at the midnight hour and the ground begins to shake and the walls begin to shake and the doors open up and their shackles come unchained. And the jailer, about to kill himself, Paul says, we're all here. The jailer's response, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Revival breaks out. The day of Pentecost, people see and hear a miracle. People see the power of God. 3,000 souls are saved. Revival breaks out. You see, I have good news, church. He's still powerful. He's still the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can still take hold of His Word. We can still take hold of His promises. Listen, Jesus didn't just come for the woman at the well. He came for the whole town. He didn't just come to open up the shackles of Paul and Silas. Listen to this. He came to unshackle the jailer and his whole family. Revival breaks out. He didn't just come to show the disciples here's the spirit of promise. He came for the 3,000. Revival breaks out. When we see the power of God. The greatest evangelism in Scripture is when we see His glory and the strength of His might. Church, He longs for us to abide in Him. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Faintness of heart is the infirmity of the hour. But listen, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. Psalm 27.13 says, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Church, we can still see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He sought out this drug dealer. He sought out this alcoholic. And He changed my life. And I've never been the same. He healed my broken heart. He's still in the healing business. He's still in the saving business. He still sets the oppressed free. He still sets the captives free. He is still powerful. He's still God. He is still at the right hand of the Father. And we have the Spirit of promise. The victory has been won. The power has been given. We must humble ourselves. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from our wicked ways. We must repent. We must turn from our unbelief, from our lack of humbling, our lack of prayer and seeking Him, our lack of desire. I read a book about that Charles Finney had wrote that preparing himself for a revival, a man who saw thousands saved all over this nation, he said, you need to repent. And when I started to read, it was kind of stepping right on my toes. And I thought, I don't got nothing to repent about. 
Me and God are good. He began to mention something. He said, think of all the times you've had a lack of love for those who are going to die and go to hell. Think of all the times you've been ungracious uh, to others. Think of all the times you've had a bad attitude and not loved like God did. Think of all the times you've been selfish and prideful and you've not repented of it. Think of all the times God's been so good to you. He's given you so much time and treasures and talent and you haven't used it for His glory, for His name's sake. All of a sudden, I said, God, I've got so much to repent about. Great revivals begin with great repentance. Great revivals begin with confession of sin. Charles Finney, one time, he was in revival and he went to, he was in Chicago at a factory in a warehouse and it was during the daytime and a man began to take him around and a woman saw while she was on her machine, she saw Charles Finney and recognized him. She said something to a friend right next to her and began to poke fun and snicker at him. Charles Finney just stopped and looked at her with a sad, sad look on his face, looking at her. I believe with the eyes of Christ. And she got uncomfortable and kind of messed up her machine. And she looked back and there he was, still looking at her with a heart of sorrow. She became uncomfortable, messed up her machine and began to weep and cry. He walked over to her, began to minister to her. She just began to confess sin. And you know what? All the workers around her heard her and they came over and they began just confessing sin. And the, and the owner of the, of the business, even though he wasn't a, a, a man of God himself, he said, we must shut down the factory. They shut down the factory as the confession of sin just kept rolling in. 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. They shut down the factory to have a prayer meeting. Great revivals begin with great repentance. And the promise is this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, listen to the promise to us, church. Listen to what we can take hold of. If we'll do our part, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Church, I'm telling you this morning, our land needs healed. Our families are lost, hurting, and broken. Our nation needs healed. Our peoples need healed. Our family needs healed. And the good news is this morning, we can still take hold of His Word. The good news is, if my people who are called by my name, we can take hold of it this morning. Hebrews 11.30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after we were encircled for seven days. And what more shall I say, church? For a time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, who through faith obtained promises, who through faith obtained promises. Friends, we can still obtain the promises of God. We can still press into the throne room. We can still take hold of His Word if my people who are called by my name, Church of the Living God, Let it be said in 10,000 years in the future, on this day, November 3rd, 2013, remember when the plains of Kansas were set on fire. Remember the great Sunflower State Camp Meeting of 2013. Remember when people just decided to go ahead and take the hold of the promises and say, God, You are who You say that You are. Remember that time they looked unto Jesus, obtained the promises, they humbled themselves, they prayed, they sought His face, and they repented and turned from their wicked ways. Psalm 103, 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Verse 10, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. The Gospel's good news. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Church, we've got a promise this morning. We've got a promise this morning. We can take hold of it. He's the same. He hasn't changed. If my people who are called by my name, I want you to know wherever your situation is, whatever's going on, His grace is greater than your sin. I want you to know this. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He died to give you life. He loves you. He is seeking you out to save you from the depths of hell. I used to think if God is love, why does He send people to hell? Friend, He sent His Son to die so you don't have to go to hell. The price has been paid. The victory has been won. It is now your choice. I beg with you. I plead with you. Look unto Jesus Christ. He'll heal your broken heart. He'll set you free. He'll give you a new purpose. He'll give you new life. He loves you. He died for you. And He brought you here this morning to say, friend, I'm bigger than this problem. I'm bigger than your hurt. I'm bigger than your pain. I'm bigger than your sorrow. I'm bigger than your bitterness. I'm bigger than your unforgiveness. Jesus Christ is more than enough for you this morning. As our worship team comes, I challenge you, church of the living God, those here who are blood-bought and born again this morning, Will you take hold of the promise right here and right now? Will you take hold of God's Word? Will you take hold of God's Word with me? Often we look to God and say, God, are you willing? Friend, I'm telling you, He's looking at us and saying, I've been willing. Are you willing? My people who are called by My name, God, fill this temple again. God, fill this vessel. Fill the church. Fill us up to all fullness. God, give us a revelation of who You are. God, enlighten, open up our eyes that we may see and know who You are. That we may believe I am who You say that I am. That the power is there. That victory has been won. That all has been given. He's gone before us. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. We are now seated in Christ. We are the church of the living God. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. And I have good news this morning. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive. I'll heal your land. Everybody all over this church stands. This morning, this church service is not over yet. If there's a need, won't you come this morning? If you need to be saved, I don't know a better place, I don't know a better time. 
God loves you and He brought you here this morning to say, Child, I love you. I don't want to chain you up. I long to set you free. You give Him your life. He'll forgive you. He'll give you a new life. Church, these altars are open. I ask you this morning, will you take hold of a promise? Let it start with you and I. Let it start here. Let it start right now. As they sing, won't you come?